0: Wrestling fans, what a crazy weekend of wrestling at the conference tournaments across the country. If you didn't get your Fantasy Fight League lineup submitted, you still have time to play Fantasy Fight League before the NCAA tournament. Go to fantasyfightleague.com and submit your team now. Now let's get to the episode.
1: We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems.
3: You know, if I look back at my time, that's good at wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our episode is presented by Spartan Combat. They're presenting the Spartan Nationals in Jacksonville, Florida, April 8th through the 10th. Register now at SpartanCombat.com. All right, folks, our episode today features two interviews. The first is with the very popular Stalemates, where we break down the Big Ten and Big 12 tournaments. Stalemates is a super popular YouTube show that covers all things wrestling. You can subscribe to Stalemates on their YouTube channel. And then our second interview is with Frank Papalizio, who's also been on the podcast. Frank was the director of the EIWA tournament, which took place yesterday and he's on to talk about the International Classic, which is a dual-team and individual tournament he's hosting in New York where he's bringing countries from all over the world to New York to wrestle this April. So I'm going to get both of these outstanding uh, outstanding wrestling minds on the show. Hope you enjoy it. Fan of the Week goes to the South, Algin, South Elgin excuse me, High School Wrestling Team the head coach, as well as a number of the wrestlers listen to the podcast, I want to thank you guys for doing that. You can follow South Elgin at Storm underscore Wrestling, South Elgin, Illinois represent. And that's it, folks. Let's get to the interviews with Stalemates, followed by Frank Papalizio. We'll see you on Wednesday. All right. We are here with the Stalemates crew, Zach and Tyler. Gentlemen. Good day. How are you?
2: It's been great, man. It's yeah. been a big uh, weekend of wrestling, and we are now, as the kids would say, into the thick of it. The thick
0: of it. I was de- watching the Big Tens all week, and I know you guys are fans of the Iowa State Cyclones, so I'm sure you were tuned into the Big Twelves. Were you guys watching everything, or were you tuned
2: into certain conference championships? Um, I watched a lot of the Big Twelves and Big Tens. Tyler. Did a pretty deep dive on the SoCon and probably the Big Tens. He's an Iowa guy. Yeah, I was following the SoCons virtually, and then the whole weekend I was watching the Big
1: Tens. I'm an Iowa fan, really. Nice, nice. So we'll we'll have we'll have a lot of
0: topics to hit on. Then let's just start though with the SoCon. I you know I know it. Campbell's the the bees knees down there. What do we got going down in that area?
1: Um, yeah, they won. Was that their fourth in a row? Was it? I, I think so. so. I think it was either fourth or third. And then they had quite a few champions as well. Um, and then there was also some upsets. I don't know how deep you're wanting to get into it. Hit me. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest ones to me was Austin Murphy at 174. He didn't qualify, but I could see him getting an at-large bid. That was one of the main ones that caught my eye for people that didn't qualify. And He, then,
2: he was around a round of 12 guy last year, right? For Campbell? Yeah. yeah Campbell had like a bunch of guys in the round of 12, but I don't think they ended up getting All-American. Josh Hall got yeah. screwed last yeah. year. Yes. Right, that happened
1: at NCAs, And then he also, he lost in the finals. He got upset by the App
2: State guy. Milner, I believe, right? 149. Jonathan yeah. Milner, he's really good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people realize if you, like a lot of the people who are more than just Big 10 and Big 12 guys don't realize the hatred between Campbell and App State, mm-hmm. you know? Really? Yeah, that that's deep. that's a dual meet that we've been really trying to go to, um, whether it's in Boone or in Boys Creek, but they hate each other down there. Oh, yeah. I love it. And you guys
0: yeah. went to uh, Campbell last year, right? Or two years ago?
2: Yeah, two years ago. Not this season, but the one before that. Yeah, they're the first school we went to. Big love for Campbell and, and Campbell Nation down there. They love wrestling, too.
0: And it's North Carolina or South Carolina? North. North Carolina, okay. Dude, North Carolina has some Division One wrestling. I mean,
2: think oh, yeah. about
0: Duke, NC State, UNC, Campbell. Is App, App State in North Carolina?
2: Boone, Boone is Boone, Boone's North Carolina, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Is that also where Citadel is?
0: Citadel, there you go. I mean, think about Holy that.
2: God. They have what five? Iowa has three. It's not yeah. I know.
0: Yeah. Illinois, three. three, uh four actually, but um Illinois, Northwestern, NIU, then SIU. But wow. yeah, I mean, shout out to North Carolina. So SoCon was rolling. Campbell, Campbell got a bunch through. Um and then let's just let's just get the elephant out of the room. What, what do you guys make of this this medical forfeit situation? Is this being overblown? Like if this is, if Ironman was your son, would you be saying something else? Like I was thinking about today, like what if that was my kid? Like I don't know, I think I'd probably think about it a little bit differently. So what do you think, man? Let's just get into this.
2: This is one of those topics that like we don't really, I try to talk about literally everything, especially when there's drama and tea involved. And for any of your listeners who don't know, we do a show where we talk about, so like people call us like the TMZ of wrestling, where we talk about kind of like the more like infamous and maybe more notorious things that happen throughout the week in wrestling. Our job basically is to recap what happened. That way you don't have to dig through the dirt and find out what's going on. You can just tune into our show and watch. When stuff like this happens, it's one of those things. It's kind of like a he said, she said, where who do you believe right both sides are technically right i was right in the sense that if their guys are banged up the main goal for conference tournaments is to get your guys to the ncaa tournament right would you rather place top eight at the big tens or would you rather place top 10 or top eight i mean at uh at ncaa's right so tom brands and company they know that they know that they got to get their guys the problem is you got guys like ironman and cassiope who haven't really been injured at all really um throughout their careers both had opponents that they were most likely, um, gonna lose, gonna lose or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the Ironman Lee things a lot closer, but Cassiope, let's face it, was going to lose the gable. So the optics aren't really great. The thing is though, we don't know, right? Nobody knows. And so, you know, if we we're going to chime in on this situation, we both know the sides of the aisle, right? One side says, Hey, quit being a, you know, baby or a, you know, scared or whatever they're saying about Iowa and just go out there and wrestle what happened to any time, any place, anywhere. But those people don't know if there's an actually injury, actual injury or not. The only people who really know are the people within the Iowa camp. Um, and it wasn't just Iowa. But Rivera went out there and, and took a medical forfeit. There's a couple other people that went out there and medical forfeited. So at the end of the year, guys are banged up, and we just don't know. Nobody knows the real thing. At the end of the year, it might come out and they might say, hey, this guy tore his ACL. This guy did this or that. Nobody knows. Do you think it's different when they default in the semis
0: and slide to six versus going one more and sliding to second? Um,
2: let's see. Say that one more time.
0: So, like, the guys who looked and uh, who looked like, legit hurt. Like, when I saw Cameron wrestle in the quarters, I knew he wasn't going to wrestle in the semis. You could just tell he was in a lot of pain. Um, and he did the – he you know, he defaulted in the semis, slid down to sixth. Rivera, same thing. He got to the semis, defaulted out, slid down to sixth. I think what's different about the situation that happened yesterday is that you had two guys who wrestled in the semis when they could have already qualified. So if the main goal is just to qualify, Ironman and Cassiopeia could have d- defaulted in the semis, slid down to six, they still would have qualified. But the interesting thing is that they went on to the finals, then did the medical forfeit. Um, so I just don't know if that changes your perspective on things.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that definitely changes it. Um, but, the, the, but what we don't know again is when did they get hurt, right? Exactly. Because so, think
0: think about Yanni and Heil. Like, no one knew Yanni tore his ACL in that quarterfinal against Tyle except him. So maybe right. walking off the mat in the semis, Ironman or Cassiope got hurt. And I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks that Cassiope's scared of anyone or that Ironman's scared of anyone. I don't think that's it at all. I think it's, um, it's just you think about it where typically we see it slide down to six, so it doesn't get the exposure it does. But when there's two forfeits in the finals, that just sucks for everyone for the Big Ten, you know.
2: Well, when it's all the same school, too, that's when it's kind of like the thing is with Iowa fans and I know these guys they are like a brother to me. You know what I'm saying? Like we go back and forth here and there, but they almost made this bed that they're laying in. Right. Their whole brand, their whole persona is toughness, grittiness, Iowa style, anyone, anytime, anywhere, whatever that saying is. And then when you go out there and you don't wrestle, you're going to get called out for it. However, like I said earlier, we don't know the injuries, right? Mm-hmm. So the optics for Iowa aren't great, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and I'll say that the injuries are legit. obviously Kimmer, I mean that guy's holding on oh my God you know, by by dear life um but it's just something that we don't know and we won't know until the end. Rivera's definitely hurt. Um, I've seen stuff and heard stuff behind the scenes that you know, it's, it's insane that he even went out there and all, and I think he got a fall in the first round too. So guys you are know Ayala's yeah. hurt. He's definitely hurt. We know I mm-hmm. Yeah, so we do know, like, you know, two of the four Iowa guys that, that they're talking about, Ayala, um, Ironman, Kemmerer, and Cassiope, we do know for sure that two of those guys are super injured. So why would they lie about the next two? I don't know. Um, this kind of right. ties into the whole thing about you know, guys are wrestling a lot less matches now. And I feel like if you're the NCAA, do you look at this and think, well, maybe we need to tone it down. But I don't think anybody wants that, right? Nobody wants less wrestling matches. We want we want more. We always want more. Um, but at some point, they're probably going to look at this and say, hey, well, maybe, maybe today's kids just don't want to wrestle 40 matches anymore. Right.
0: What do you think, Tyler? Being a Hawkeye, Homer and all.
2: Yeah. I mean, to me, it's pretty much what
1: Zach said. Like we could break this down. We could go over hearsay and all that, but it's behind closed doors for a reason with the team and us, the general public are not going to know the full story until it's said and done. So to me, I don't think there's really much we could add to it because we just don't know.
0: Yeah. And it, it sucks because it overshadows the amazing wrestling that went down in one of the great team upsets in big 10 history, Michigan coming in. Now I, I love Michigan head coach, Sean Bormet Chicago guy an Illinois legend. He did an amazing thing with the overtime wrestling academy, kind of like the Seabolt 10 years ago. And then he went on to Michigan. So we we love him here. Did you ever think either of you that Michigan would walk away with the title?
2: I no, not 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 in the weeks leading up to it, but at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, yes, right. But then as the year went on, they kind of underperformed. And I Michigan fans are probably not gonna like me for this, but they tend to underperform towards the end of the year, I feel like, right? However, you can't say that they don't have the best coaching staff from top to bottom in the country. Like they've got four guys who could all probably four B division one head coaches. Some of them have been right. Plus so
0: Sergey Bell the RTC coach,
2: right? There you go. So just they've like, had, they've, they've got just as deep of a cabinet as Iowa or a Penn state in terms of who they have in the room. Um, obviously Penn state and the Nittany line wrestling club is a little bit deeper, but Look at the guys that they've added at the Cliff Keen with, with Jaden Cox and even Nick Soriano. even though there's a 25 pounder right now, he's gonna be sticking around, I'm assuming, for a while. So they've got the pieces, they've got the tools. Let's see if uh, you know, NCAA's adds a totally different element in and how the outlook looks. But I was talking to a friend before the show today, and I was like, Hey, I mean, do you think they have what it takes to, to do it, you know, next week? And people are thinking so now. It's so crazy how so many people like you don't really want to tell. nobody's really was predicting Michigan, Um, and then nobody, I don't think, was going to pick Austin Gomez either. And you look at oh, you man. know, you go out there, you have yourself one good week. You're right back in the the talk for for a title.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How, yeah. how good? How good? No, it's your show, and you're supposed to ask me questions. But how good does it make you feel to see Hit me. Illinois native uh, Austin Gomez? Win? Dude,
0: and the way he wrestles is like just the best. Like he's going for broke. He's throwing headlocks he's you know he's hitting shots and yeah i mean w- knowing the hype he had coming up i remember watching him in middle school and he was a mean mugging kids kind of like the bo bassett but in illinois you know not as big as bo but he was that talked about and then high school you know went to the same high school as tony ramos just dominant i would say he had a great year i remember watching him in the blood round against i think it was uh maybe not the blood round but a wrestle back round against Philippi. I, you know, he had a great year and then the concussions happened and you know when i when I spoke to him, I think it was like earlier this fall. Yeah. You know, he was just in a good place and he, he's just up in weight, not cutting weight. So yeah, it's amazing to watch him wrestle. I'm so happy for Austin Gomez. And like, honestly, Bono and reader are doing a awesome job this year. Hamidi also from Illinois doing a hell of a job. I mean, he looks, he's the baby face killer. He's amazing out there. So both of those guys, Wisconsin looked really good. And honestly though, no one's talking about Northwestern Northwestern qualified nine of 10 guys. I think, with um, some pretty drastic coaching changes in the early year that drew a lot of, you know, negative attention with the whole Midlands thing. So dude, Northwestern, like a school that tough academically for them to be that good. Amazing.
2: Yeah. I, I would agree with you there. I think a lot of people at the beginning of the year kind of wrote Northwestern off and, you know, they took a lot of bad PR, right. With the the COVID vaccine mandate stuff and, and half the staff left, um, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, Carter Young leaving because of that whole, whole ordeal, Midlands, you're right that they definitely didn't have the best year in terms of, uh, the headlines goes, but the, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, they, they put the, uh, they put the guys through and, and everybody else can suck it probably, you know?
0: Yeah, seriously. It's, uh, it's just crazy to see them perform at the tournament. And I think team parity is good in anything. And in the big 12, we had some team parity because Missouri comes back, wins it first time back in the big 12.
2: Yeah, I think Missouri winning it kind of goes to show people how different a dual season can go, and um, and uh, you know how you can do it at a tournament. Obviously, my yeah. Cyclones went undefeated in duels in the in the Big Twelve. We only lost to uh, Iowa all season, so you know my my expectations were probably a little bit higher than uh, they should have been. But you know Iowa State finished third, and uh, second place was Oklahoma, right? And first was was uh, Mizzou. So. Any, I, 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 love you know all these new schools coming in and putting up a fight. Or was second you and I? I don't remember. I don't want to get it wrong. I think second was Oklahoma. Let's check though. Which
0: surprised me because that's
2: probably I'm probably
0: out of out of the loop, but that's a program you just I don't hear as much about. And, I mean, uh, I, I
2: remember going to the Big Twelve tournament when it was Iowa State. Um, it was Iowa State, West Virginia, and then, then Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. There was only four schools, so the the fact that they're bringing in you know, you and I's and Missouri's and then Wyoming being up there. I, I mean, obviously the big 10 is King and it'll probably remain that way for a while, but with, uh, you know, with the big 10 and what they've been adding to it, it's only up, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it has really grown 12 teams. I'm looking at it now, Missouri, Oklahoma, Iowa state, Okie state, Northern Iowa, and then down the list. Um, I mean, and honestly, who's better than Doug Schwab and that whole that whole staff? I freaking love those guys. That's we were talking earlier. You know, some people you meet and your friends forever, and you know, I I feel like Schwab Sh- Shab- Schwab is that same way. He's just the nicest guy, would do anything for you. And they, those guys had a great end of the dual season. I heard the Iowa State U and I dual was bonkers.
2: Yeah, it was yeah, nuts. Was so we awesome. so we got to be there. It, it's it's great for the sport. Um, Schwab is an awesome promoter for anything wrestling and you know especially look what you what he's done at you at and i right and he's made them competitive pretty much since he's gotten there right um they've got a legitimate chance for a national champion at 184 pounds with with uh parker kek and that dude is a absolute savage an absolute workhorse kind of embodies everything that you know the panther train is about you know
0: yeah Tyler, what was it like going into the McLeod Center? I know people love West Gym, but uh, what's, what's your thoughts on the McLeod Center?
1: Well, I I put in a semester at U <laughs> and um, I, and okay. I actually worked, okay I worked security <laughs> and I never got to make it into West Gym, but I would work like basketball events and stuff like that at McLeod Center, and I really don't think I ever saw an atmosphere as an tense as that one was at really any uni sport that I had to do like security or anything like that for so I had the best time I thought it was awesome and I think mcLeod Center' is a great venue for wrestling too
0: yeah I know there's a lot of nostalgia in the wrestling world with some of these older venues but even like I know people love hall. when I watched the Penn State Ohio State duel on TV it looked like Royal Rumble man it was it was just amazing and so I'm all in favor of some of these teams competing in the bigger venues but if you look at the big 12. They're like you guys are alluding to a lot of shakeup in the dual meets, and then the tournament comes around. Missouri wins it. Did Iowa State have a bad tournament, Zach, or were they they just kind of netted out where they netted out?
2: Um, you know, I was pretty upset. I typed up a lot of tweets, and I either deleted <laughs> them or just put them in the draft folder. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. But, oh yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking in the Discord, and I was just straight up not having a great first day, and then I kind of realized, right. <laughs> we are putting through eight guys. I feel good about getting a ninth in the 10th probably won't happen, but you could say there's a, a puncher's chance at getting all 10 guys in. And you look at where our program was three or four years ago. It was not that. So would I've wanted a big 12 title. Absolutely. But the fact that we got in that many guys, I would say, I would say I would have probably predicted that, um, that outcome, there was just some things that happened that I was kind of like, you know, you know, Dagan at 49, he lost a match that he w- should have won, and he even put out a tweet saying, like, somebody said, uh, you know, why would Dagan do that? And he's like, I don't know why I did it, I just did it, <laughs> right? But that's what you get with a Jared Dagan, he's going to be funky, he's going to be unorthodox, he's going to be fun to watch. Um, Younger is a guy who can beat anybody, but he can also lose to anybody, so he was wrestling uh Buchanan at 197. And he was losing one to zero or maybe three to one. It was a tight match and kind of got stuck underneath and Buchanan pinned him. You know, I hate when people say he got stuck, but Buchanan pinned him straight up. So
0: there's
2: things that I think we felt like we could have done better. Um, Marcus Coleman, I don't think a lot of people realize, but his grandpa passed away like that day. So, you know, some emotional things going on there. And, and I think Parker at 41, they said that he, w- he had been sick. So. It's uh it's the end of the year. That's I mean everybody's everybody's banged up. Everybody's got stuff that they're going through, and um, it's all about March, baby. We're finally here. I want to ask you this: Tell me why Stephen Buchanan at 197 can't win it. I don't know. I don't know a lot about him. Fill me in on him. He's just um very smart wrestler. He's in good conditioning. Uh, uh, very explosive sound. You know, Mark Branch. I know you've interviewed him before. Um, he's got their guys ready. He's kind of the um. I love Mark Branch. Yeah, he's kind of the the guy, right? At Wyoming, he's really what he's done with them is is amazing. He's he's put them in the top the uh, hunt for a team title uh, in the Big Twelve. And if you look at Buchanan, you know Ferrari's still in there. I obviously would go with my boy AJ Ferrari, but Stephen Buchanan ranks second, right behind Gabe Dean. I I think I think it's his to lose. Honestly, I would I'm <clears> picking <throat> Stephen Buchanan at 97. I know Jake, this is an NCAA preview show, but uh, just watching him over the weekend. Steam Buchanan is really freaking good. Wow. So he's the two seed. Do you think he'll get the one seed at nationals or will
0: Max Dean get the one seed?
2: You know, I'm not, I'm not a like that analytics guy. I don't know exactly how that, how that shakes out, but uh, I think the big 10 guys, you know, for good reason, get the benefit of the doubt most of the time because of the schedule that they go through. Listen, if you wrestle tough guys all year long, but you look at 97, like 97 in the big 12 is deeper than the, than the 97 at the big 10. So you never know. He did take a bad loss to North Dakota State kid. I don't want to say a bad loss. The kid was ranked, but he did get pinned. But that was around the time the Wyoming was going through some COVID stuff. So yeah, you know, the COVID lungs are real. I don't care what people say. You, you know, you <laughs> get you get a bad case of the COVID, and and it's hard to get catch a breather. Um, you get to see the heavyweight guy for Air Force. I saw that
0: one, and people are loving that guy. I mean, he's he's a he's a contender. He's a threat.
2: Yeah, he's a guy with the right seed as long as he's I think the only guy in the in the bracket that he can't beat is uh Gable gold medalist Gable Stevenson. You know, but everybody else, I don't see why he can't get second or third. Just depending on where he falls in the bracket. And what
0: do you guys think about this one? Two, two Big Twelve versus Big Ten matchups I can't wait for.
2: Carr Deacon. Um, I mean, you know who you know who I'm rolling with, but uh, yeah. I'm taking David Carr. Did he you know, just look unstoppable all weekend? Was he killing people? Yeah, I mean he's looked that way all year. You know, yeah. he he did have a sudden victory match against uh Peyton Rob earlier in the year, but Peyton Rob took it to Deacon too. Like it was down to the wire too. Deacon's, you know, Deacon is who he is, but you know, I think it comes down to what uh our friend of the show, Adam Feller, says <laughs> winners win. Winners win, right? And uh David Carr he's only I think his only loss He's got one or two losses in his whole career. One of them's the Deacon, when he was, you know, really young. It's now three years later, and uh, he just finds a way to win. Deacon, on the other hand, found a way to lose last year in the, in the NCAA uh, tournament. So, I think when it comes down to it, it comes to who's who's going to show up in Detroit, and it's it's really hard not to pick David Carr, even even though I'm biased. It's like I think I think that's who it is. What about You, you who do you think?
0: Car probably, but Deacon just looks so tough and so physical. He's like, you know, he's wrestling with Andrew Howe every day. And yeah, you look at that guy. He's just a, he's an animal. So, and you know, he's go ahead. I said, he's a monster, monster, bro. you'll see, and you know, he's hurting from that loss, you know, and it hurt, hurt him bad. So that's just one where that could be one for the ages. And I hope, I hope we see it. The other one, let me get your thoughts on this one, guys. Fix RBY.
2: I mean, I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's a snooze fest for me, man. <laughs> it is. That is true. It is. Yeah. You know what I mean? What did yeah. Dana Watt say? He said. Uh, he said. Uh, he said. What did he say? What, what What medicine puts people to sleep?
1: I don't know this quote,
2: man. He said something like, uh, "Oh, he said he said Nyquil t- watches Ben Askren fights to fall asleep." Or something <laughs> <like
3: that. laughs> They're putting-
2: so they're so good that's not a knock on either one of them but they're so good they give each other so much respect it reminds me of yoel romero and um and izzy adesanya and that's another ufc reference yeah. where everybody was expecting this great matchup because you got these two highly skilled guys these two highly skilled fighters and then they went in there and they gave each other too much respect and they they know that they can't really make a mistake because the other one's so good at their counter attacks that they just can't open it up so it's just how the match is going to play out. It's the same thing with Steriano and Fix back in the day when they would wrestle. Mm-hmm. So it's just they, they're they're almost too good to be wrestling each other. Make it, somebody they're just too afraid to make mistakes. It's always a boring match with those guys.
0: Yeah, they uh, RBY had had a tight one with DeSanto. Not that it was like tight in terms of like how the match was going, but the score always is is pretty close there. Um, yeah, that's why I just get so excited for Nationals because everything's going to open up, right? The EIWA is coming in. I want to talk
2: about that match, the 25. Vito, Glory. Oh my God. Like, you see that happening. I saw
0: that one and I was shocked that it went the way it did a few weeks back. You know, Glory's Mm -hmm. the man, but I just have like the highest regard for Vito. Like, watching him at the Olympic trials last April and just being around him for a week was just amazing. And like, you know, seeing him beat Fix at the trials, you know, take Gilman to, you know, pretty deep waters. Gilman got it done, but I was like, man, Vito is legit. And, Everyone else do that. I think that's when I was like, Holy shit, this kid is so freaking good. And so to see him this year, I was a little surprised when he lost to glory, the dual meet. And then yesterday, so I caught him on his back and, um, you know, and it was at Cornell. So just an awesome match. And I can't wait for Soriano Vito.
2: Yeah. I actually predicted glory this for the EIWA championships solely because he won the first time. And I just thought, you know, glory's, he beat Brandon Courtney, right? Pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a. I don't have a great uh, photo memory, so if I get stuff wrong, correct me. But
0: I think you just him in that dual
2: meet. Yeah, he did, and I just thought that he he's looked so good all year and kind of really widened the gap. But I found out, you know, yesterday that that Vito's clearly back in it. I heard that Vito maybe had COVID the first time that they wrestled this year, and it was another case of like kind of. Kind of sick and out, and that's kind of maybe why he lost the glory the other time. But I I'm picking Vito over Seriano though in the in the NCAAs. Okay. I yeah. mean, it could easily could
0: happen. And that's the uh those guys are so good. I mean, 40 I was thinking the I'm thinking about Cornell right now. 49 Yani Gomez. Man. I mean, I and sassel is obviously still a threat. I mean, there's there's gonna be a lot of that's tough to say. I mean, how can you go against Yanni though? I mean, he's
2: like, yeah, you kind of can't, he doesn't really make any mistakes. Um, they already wrestled this year once and Gomez was, he was right in there, but you know, I, I think, let me say this. If there's anybody that can really do it, it's probably Gomez, right? If you catch him, uh, if he goes upper body and kind of, I felt like what he did against Sasso in the beginning was like, Hey, I'm just going to let it fly because I'm probably predicted to lose this match. So, might as well go out there and and you know right away he 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 uh went up her body tried to do like an inside trip or something and then uh he he went and did like a what is that what are uh, people that? like a cement job or something or dude chael Sonnen and calls it the uh
0: the death uh what is it called the death roll or something and i guess in some parts of the wrestling world that's called a gator bacon and there's like a montage video of, of chael Sonnen
2: just ripping on people who it's call it of, when you have like the front headlock and, then and you, you roll it.
0: through. Yeah. Yeah. Earl yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, Hall yeah. used to do that to everybody at Iowa dope. state. Yeah. Um, but you know, he went out there and then he saw pretty early on that Sammy Sasso really wasn't going to take that bait. And so he switched it up. He went a little bit more fundamental and got back to the basics and and got it done. So I'll, I'll take Yanni in that one, but, at, but I, you know, there's a 10% chance. I think Gomez wins. Yeah. And I don't want to,
0: wanna- I don't want to count out my boy Gomez. He's, he's the yeah. man. And every time he yeah. wrestles, I'm, I'm screaming at the TV, jumping on the couch. So yeah. Um, let's go back to the Big Tens a little bit. The match of the tournament, to me, there were two that really stuck out. Massive ends in the semis was unbelievable, some of the scrambles. And then the finals, though, of course, Brooks Amin
2: with Michigan on his back.
0: Amin gets it done. Unbelievable to see that
2: match. I would have never predicted that. I, yeah. had, I had Brooks all day. I thought Brooks was only getting better. I know that they wrestled in the duel, and it was a it was a one takedown. Um, I'm not sure if it was overtime or not, but I know it was one takedown. I don't know anymore. I really don't. I thought Kat Geisen was the one who was going to have the best shot to beat Brooks, but I'm clearly wrong there. How do you think they're yeah. going to seed that?
0: Mm. Well, I think it's going to be
2: Headlay number one. Oh, he hasn't lost, huh?
0: No. And he rolled people this weekend. So it's probably gonna be Amin Brooks in the semis. I mean, and then maybe Keck Eisen four. I don't know. It's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out. But I think Trent Hedley will be number one. Wow. If I had to if I had to guess.
2: Yeah. What do you how do you what do you think of that?
0: I don't I, I to your point, I'm not like the most in the know of every single conference and duel and like who has wins over who um and so i'm probably the worst at predicting seeds but i mean just on paper i mean tough to say because trent Headley will he'll kill some people out there like that dude has his own style and he will he'll roll people so i could easily see him be- beating amino brooks um not easily but it wouldn't surprise me um I mean, it's it's tough because that even that match with Brooks and Amin, I thought the way the match was going, the first two and a half periods, as much as I love Amin, it just didn't seem like he his energy was there or that his his pace was there. And then in the last minute turns it up. He almost wrote him out. I didn't even I thought he was gonna write him out. And then the overtime again goes back to that shot. i have to look at I would like to rewatch it, but tremendous heart by Amin. I mean, dude's an Olympic bronze medalist. So like even if it's for Sam Reno, you still gotta qualify for the Olympics, which is getting uh top three or top five at the Europeans, whatever it is. And then getting an Olympic bronze medal is so incredible. So doesn't surprise. You can't, can't be surprised by that, even though it's freestyle, but still, I mean, the dude has a heart of a lion dropped back down from 97 from last year where he looked a little, you know, too heavy and pff, dude, Michigan's just rolling. That match was unbelievable.
2: I think you, um, you said something in there about, uh, looked like he was tired and kind of out of it. Do you think he learned a little bit of the, international swagger maybe where they kind of they kind of rope-a-dope you a little bit and because i agree i was watching that thinking oh man Amin mean is fading and then it felt like as soon as they hit overtime it was like brooks was the one that kind of folded at the last it, second and kind of a looked, little euro sprint didn't he yeah i like what what is that can you explain what that means
0: i think if you watch a lot of international matches guys will kind of hold their sprints until like the last 60 seconds or in the last 30 seconds and you know I think of uh, Musa kayev who Yanni wrestled, has a, has a really good one. And a lot of those dudes will kind of lull you to sleep, and then go real hard. You know, sixty seconds, thirty seconds, whatever it is. But you rarely see a match at the worlds where there isn't just an all out blast at the end. And man, it's it's pretty impressive to watch. Sitikov did it against Burrows two two years in a row, and then you know Burrows would come back with his sprint. So I mean, it's it's pretty common there. And I don't know if that was a mean strategy or what but I mean he said afterwards that Brooks took him to deep waters and you could tell that I mean he was he was uh you look like he was really uh really really tired at the end there and came through amazing cuz Brooks is like dude's only lost one college match now two college matches um just unbelievable he's what he's going to be one of the best ever is one of the best ever in terms of you know our decade
2: Oguyev did that to uh, Gilman I felt like too he Definitely. looked a little looked a little, um, tired. Do you feel like it makes us look like us Americans look kind of stupid when we like sprint to the middle and like, you know, like <laughs> we're ready waiting on you stalling. Like, do you feel like it makes us look a little, um, uh, what, what's the word dense maybe or yeah. something? I think it's,
0: uh, it's just the American style, man. Totally. Like you, a lot of American fans couldn't even uh, understand that concept of like lolling around waiting. So I think that's just, uh, that's born and bred in us from the Dan Gable era. Probably if I had to guess, like,
2: I don't it's know. Funny it's funny because uh, I've seen um I've seen the transition with younger, right? Younger's from Cuba, so he's definitely like his first year he didn't even know the rules. Like he looked like he was so confused wearing when he was wearing headgear. It looked like when they <laughs> make stock photos of wrestlers that wear headgear, like he did not look <laughs> natural in it. And he was kind of like that where they'd tell him like go to the center like you don't understand that you're about to get hit for stalling. You don't understand the language of of American wrestling where we pride ourselves on that and if you're not Getting to the center, and you're not doing these things, you're going to get hit for stalling. This last weekend, Younger was hitting uh Elam for stalling, like he was he, like himself, like he was trying to, you know, so he's he's maybe getting some of that American um in him,
0: yeah. I i, I like watching that too. And uh, you guys also have is the 133 pounder Ramazan, yeah. Is he still
2: is he still going? Yeah, he made it to he made it to the nationals. He's another guy I feel like people don't really talk about. Uh, he moved here. Went to Wyoming Seminary in high school, I think, or something like that. Towards the end of high school, started learning the game a little bit. And he's really, he's got a very interesting style. He can kind of slow you down. Uh, he slowed DeSanto down um, multiple times. And, and just kind of the way he wrestles, he's he kind of, you know, he's hes very—he's real solid.
0: Yeah. Now, I remember the match with, uh, must have been DeSanto. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where I first started noticing him. That seems crazy that it was that long ago. And here we are heading into the, like you guys said, the final stretch of it before we wrap up, gents, I want to hit on the happy hour, but I also want to hit on just any matches from the big tens that, that we haven't talked about it, any of the tournaments that you guys watch that you're still thinking about on Monday.
2: Um, I, Go I, ahead. You go first. Yeah.
0: So the one that, like I, I mentioned earlier, but Massa Venz, man, like that one was Massa Just has no quitting him. Like some of those scrambles, he was dead to rights several times hits a forward roll, like just fighting hands. I mean, that guy, <clears throat> excuse me, he's, you know, he's been at it for a while, but dude, uh, another one that really stepped up for Michigan. And then another guy who I'm thinking about on Monday, Meechik got a lot of flack all year and he, you know, lost a tough one in like, I think it was the opening round of the second round. He battled all the way back to third and fourth. And no, no way does Michigan win the team title without Meechik. You know, he grinded out some one point wins. And, you know, I think a lot of us are wondering, where is the NCAA finalist, Devon Mijic, whether it's weight, whether it's injury, whether it's just the transition of folk style, but man, he stepped up and came back. I believe he got third or fourth. I'll have to look, but I think he um, got four.
2: He lost, I think again to Berg, Bergerland, I think at the end. Got it. Um, I, I'm going to leave you hanging on the massive Vins one. I'm, i for some reason missed that. When I watched him wrestle though, I also, I can think about is I w- felt like they kind of talked him into coming back out. Like they really were like, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> and then he comes back. And I wonder when he's in those real grueling matches, if he's ever thinking, why the hell did I decide to come back?
0: Let um, me make sure it was Ven's Cause some of the Nebraska guys, I mix up, um, it was Labriola. Excuse me. It was Massa I mean, Labriola. Right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but I missed, I missed that one regardless. Right. And I, every time great I great watch- semifinal to watch, if you have a chance to go back and watch it. Amazing match. I will go back and watch that. Um, my my match that I'm going to challenge you to go watch is, uh, I'm sticking with the Iowa State theme here, um, is Josh Edmond from Missouri and Dagan, right? So Dagan, okay. um, Dagan's had his injuries. He's, he's had his ups and downs. Um, he kind of had a better career earlier on in college. And then, of course, with the grind and everything, it, you know, that Kind of plays out sometimes, and uh, just one of my favorite wrestlers to watch, okay. Anyways, he's he's he finds himself on the backside. He loses uh, a match in the semifinals from McDougald, um, McDougald, however you say it, from Oklahoma, who's also had a great year. Um, by the way, and he finds himself on the on the consolation side. He's got Josh Edmund from Missouri, he ends up winning. Ready for this? 15 to 13 at the very what? end. No spoiler alerts even though I just spoiled it. <laughs> Go check that match out. I promise you it's it, from the very beginning. It's entertaining. Absolutely. Okay. Tyler, do you got
0: any for me to to check out or anything that come to mind for you?
1: Man, I don't think I have any like sleepers or rare ones or anything like that. To me the highlight was the Gomez and love it match. If, like, there's one that just comes to mind immediately, it's that one. That's an easy answer. But to yeah. me, that's what I think, um, something that was surprising me that I don't feel like is talked about much was Oklahoma getting second at the Big 12.
0: Seriously. I mean, yeah, that is, uh, I'm, I'm going to take that as a, as like a pushing off point to really dive in and, and get to know the Oklahoma program. All I know is that, um, Brian Piccolo who's been on the podcast an amazing story his son goes there Tate Piccolo yep yeah um and then Anthony Madrigal who's from uh one of the local programs he's there but um now I I do need to check out Oklahoma and then before we sign off guys big 12 I gotta ask you about this guy probably my favorite guy to watch it reminds me a lot of Yanni outside of the big 10 Keegan O'Toole is that (laughs) kid just an assassin or what
2: oh for sure yeah I mean he He's a guy that if you're like, if I'm cheering for Iowa state and they're wrestling Keegan O'Toole and we get a takedown or we get in on his leg, you don't really feel good about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're still like, all right, like this dude can literally score. Like he can get taken down by anybody, but it doesn't matter. Like that's, I don't think that's in his mind frame of like, Hey, don't get taken down. It's like, Oh, if you get taken down, well, how do you wrestle from there? Like, how do you score from, you know, this position? like that's just how his mind frame is he could score from anywhere so honestly he's he i know i'm giving out some wild picks today but he's my pick at 65
0: pushing the envelope there pushing the envelope
2: <laughs> i don't know no getting-
0: he uh he I, I mean definitely um yeah i mean he watching him at the uh i think it was the junior worlds this summer was a lot of fun so that'll be a that'll be one to watch and you know we're just a a day or two off from getting brackets, which is
2: crazy. I think, is it tomorrow yeah. or Wednesday? Wednesday, I think. And shout out, before we go, p- shout out to Patrick McKee. Uh, loses in the first round. Battles his way back to third. Somebody tweeted this, and it uh, rings true. Like, that dude loves battling back for third. Like, he's always finding dude. himself. Yeah, that's, that's a gritty warrior right there.
0: Yeah, that guy's always, yeah, seriously. I mean, I saw that. Unbelievable. Um, before we sign off, guys, we're going to we'll give a little preview NCAA tournament stalemates and wrestling changed my life getting together again for another happy hour. We're thinking Thursday Were you, is that what you guys are still thinking just for the, uh, the listeners here? potentially
2: yeah, Thursday after the final session or in between,
0: I was thinking in between.
2: Perfect. Works for us.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. So we'll be announcing, uh, listeners, anyone going to the NCAAs, we'll be doing a, a happy hour where, We'll have free drinks and come in and you know talk wrestling, shoot the shit in between sessions, and um, we'll announce more details on social coming up here. Lake coming? Lake's not coming. My, just my brother and I. Lake the Snake's not coming.
2: Your brother was at the other event though. I met him.
0: Yeah, he'll be there. Sweet. I'm getting getting in town on Wednesday, hoping to get a ticket to the Rudis card, and uh, you know Snyder uh, Snyder Cox is going to be awesome. I didn't know it was a best of three series until I saw the commercial. Yeah. pumped. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Pretty sweet. I mean, going to be awesome. So we will, uh, I know I'll talk to you guys before then, but see you in a, in a few days, gentlemen, nine, 10 days.
2: Perfect. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on and, uh, love what you're doing. Can't wait for the next documentary and, uh, everything else after that.
0: And uh, gentlemen, nice job on the video explaining the, uh, the forfeits, in, in terms of the RPI and that whole situation. So, Zach, I knew that was a new video for you. Go to YouTube, subscribe to Stalemates, and check it out, folks.
2: Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.
0: All right, guys. Have a good day. We'll talk to you. All right. Frank Popolizio, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. My pleasure. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. We just witnessed a crazy weekend of wrestling. I was pretty tuned into the Big Tens. Were you watching the ACC's Big Tens? Where were you at
3: this weekend? I was the director of the EIWA tournament. So,
0: oh, let's go. I didn't,
3: I didn't actually get to watch much wrestling. (laughs) I did. I was, I was running around doing, doing behind the scenes stuff. I did get to watch a little bit, especially the finals, um, you know, in the blood, the blood rounds, the qualifying rounds specific to people and the weight classes that they were, you know, trying to qualify for. But there's, uh, you know, there's work, there's work, those tournaments, Obviously um, have a lot of people doing a lot of things and um, just trying to get everything, getting everything uh, up to snub. So it's all good.
0: So what goes into directing a tournament like the EIWAs?
3: What goes into it is getting a lot of rock stars to, to work for you. Uh, really. Uh, Gene Nyman recently took over the job for Greg Strobel. After Greg passed away, there was a void that existed. Um, He informally led the EIWA and he would do all this planning and coordinating. And then obviously it culminates with the tournament, but there's a lot that goes on with the organization in general leading up to the tournament. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you lose a figure like that, uh, there's a tremendous void. And I think they found the right person in, in hiring Gene Nyman. He, he works like an animal. He's 60 something years old and he's relentless, um, doesn't stop. And then I think the idea was that, you know, there's two different sc- scopes there where you got somebody that's the executive director of the organization and then have somebody that can execute game day. And uh, to be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't do an awful lot this year. Last year was a nightmare, right? With COVID and I had to basically put everything together because it couldn't be touched by any of the institutions. Mm. So we had to find a facility. We had to negotiate. Uh, we had to basically import everything and we fought the battle of not having fans and the, the COVID protocols. And it was at the, the highest level there, obviously mm-hmm. uh, that was, that was right in the thick of it. But, um, this year was clearly different, uh, a lot more relaxed than that, in that sense. So I was, uh, I kind of was a gopher. I was, uh, an assistant more than, more than anything. I'm, I'm never going to drama over dramatize my role, but, uh, Gene Nyman really led the charge.
0: And the EIWA has two of my favorite teams, Cornell and Penn Penn is like on a resurgence right now. And I saw coach Reno won coach of the year. And then, um, you know, Cornell obviously has has some of the great stars in college wrestling. Did you watch the Vito glory match?
3: I did. I even recorded a little bit of it because it was, uh, you know, it was just high action. You know, a lot of of points being scored. Um, Vito did a tremendous uh, adjustment job there. Uh, Really, you know, and I have a connection to those guys, Vito and Yanni, they're New York guys and when we were trying to become established with our events back in the, the early days, they were young guys that always attended my events, no, regardless of what other events they were going to. They didn't care. They would stack them. Um, it would be like they were wrestling and who's number one, but they're still going to do the journeyman fall classic. Though that kind of loyalty really, uh, helped us.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
3: um, I haven't forgotten it. So although I, have ultra respect for glory and and princeton i i just got a I have a long-term relationship with the uh, um veto and actually his dad Bogar has been super supportive of uh what we've done over the years so it's a little bit of a brotherhood there
0: definitely and you talk about some of the events you've ran you ran the collegiate duels back in december we haven't really had a chance to catch up since then how did how did i mean We, it went great, but you know, was there anything you saw this year that you're trying to do next year or something in the future?
3: We'd like to continue it. You know, the whole point of the, the event was to establish value. You know, what's the value of a dual meet? What's the, these, these great matches that obviously bring value, but sometimes the schools don't know what that value is depending on their agreements and who's broadcasting it, so on and so forth. So we knew exactly what we were able to do with this duel and the dual mm-hmm. event, I should say. And the teams were the ones that benefited. So the money goes right back to them. And, you know, I think they, they brought in like 9,000 pay-per-views and, and it wasn't huge, but it was the first time doing it. Mm-hmm. So it was big, you know, and it was uh, a lot of people, I think they had a wait and see kind of approach. And now, they like it. You know, it, it it created a real buzz at that time of the year, specifically, um, people really dug it, you know, and there were some great duels, a lot of excitement, and people put it on the line. And it was like, like, everybody that was anybody wrestled in it.
0: Yeah, there wasn't it wasn't any awesome. holding
3: anybody back, right?
0: Awesome. It was, and it was, I love how it was on that Monday because it was kind of during the holiday season. So a lot of people, you know, weren't super busy and were able to kind of tune out for the day and watch. And yeah, just the, uh, just the dual action was, was great. It kind of led the way going into dual season in January. So I don't know if it's too early to say, but are you guys planning on doing it next year as well?
3: Yeah, we'd, we'd like to do that. I've been talking with Martin and the other schools that, you know, helped us initiate this and and they, they, it seems positive, you know, obviously most of these guys want to wait until after the season is done to really dive into yeah. scheduling, but um, you know, I, it looks good. It, the energy's there. Listen, last time we did this, it started. I, I was, I think it was April, you know, or the end of March when we started discussing it. And that was just the beginning of the discussion. And it really finally, ended in, 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 solidified in August. So we were really late, late in the game. Wow. Uh, it started that late.
0: early though. That seems yeah. early to me. Maybe not that early in the, the world of booking dual meets.
3: Well, you're, you're starting from scratch though. It's yeah. not like we have everything set now. Right. And now we're talking in March. That's different. I mean, you gotta, you're talking everything, find a facility, <laughs> find a place, <laughs> agree on a place, agree on the teams, agree on the terms, who's in, who's out, um, how are you going to build it, how are you going to establish it, um, what conferences, you know, there, there was one million questions. Uh, and so we were really late in the game. As a matter of fact, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't uh, highly, highly attended at the venue, which mm-hmm. wasn't the goal, actually. The goal was to do it on you know, on Rockfin and and see it um, through the stream, right? That was that was the whole premise of it. Yeah. So that we can quantify the value of it. But what we didn't take into account is that the people all had their schedules locked in in Florida, so many of the schools were competing on that Tuesday, Monday, and Tuesday, and they couldn't actually come to watch it. So we it was just late in the game. The whole thing was late. Yeah. Uh, now obviously we're a little bit ahead of it.
0: Would you hold it in, uh, like a, an East coast or Midwest location, or do you like the idea of keeping in Florida and giving the guys a, a warm weather
3: break? I, I like the idea of freedom. Um, I do. I like the idea of not having to wrestle around with real strict protocols and, and people getting caught up in that. And I don't yeah. know if we're out of the woods yet. I don't know what next year would bring. Um, but I'd like to just be somewhere where it had that mindset behind it um, and we needed somewhere neutral. You know, it, it sounds good to do it in Iowa or in Pennsylvania, but then the other schools look at it like, Hey, that's a, you know, you're given an advantage hometown advantage one way or the other. So we picked something that was neutral yeah. and it, and it worked out, you know, it, it was good.
0: It's we're cool looking to be- at new
3: Orleans uh, next year too. That's another one that we're, we're chewing on.
0: That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's kind of like those you in know, college basketball, they have that tournament where they all go to Hawaii or something like that. Like, a, yes, like
3: that's right. One well, they do one the, in the Bahamas. I got the guy that trains me, Rich Altieri, his nephew, um, plays for UConn. Um, and he, you know, they go down to the Bahamas, like an early season tournament and they're all ranked teams that go down there kind of knock it out. It has the same kind of premise. Yeah. Um, just neutral ground and people can relax and and just enjoy basketball. Well, same here. We could enjoy wrestling in a, in a place that's kind of comfortable. Although it was freezing. Was (laughs) it? It was freezing. (laughs) We were, we were down in down there and it was like, Oh, what, what did we do? You couldn't go to the beach.
0: And you guys are now working on another dual meet competition. It's the world classic. What's going on with this?
3: So the world classic actually has two components. uh, And this is, of all that I do, I think the, the heaviest lift that I got, uh, although the, the Collegian Classic was, or the Collegian um, Duels was really tough to, to kind of navigate through. This is, this is equally tough, but it's a different game, right? Um, there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, specifically, we're dealing with visa, the visa process with all the countries uh, that we've invited, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, all the stands that have real rich wrestling history, right? Mm-hmm. And so we try to get those guys here. And it's a, it's a really difficult process. Uh, and there's a real art and skill to getting through that process. And it's, it's arduous. It's a, it takes <laughs> forever. Uh, but I've gotten pretty good at it. Uh, I, I'm I'm knocking on wood on that. Um, I've gotten good at the process. Now that doesn't guarantee success. Uh, ultimately, we we try to take the proper steps and communicating with the State Department, and we have Congressman Mullen uh, from Oklahoma, who's a National Wrestling Hall of Fame guy out of Oklahoma, um, that has been helping us. His office has been helping. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of obstacles in those parts of the the world. Sometimes people don't go back. Right. And, and they have Ah, data. They have data specific to the country in ages of people and gender that apply for these visas. And they just go off the statistical data and the the answer is no, (laughs) you know, and we're trying to say, Hey, these guys have country pride. They're, they're future Olympians. These are national teams. It's not club. It's not club wrestling that we're doing here. This is actually national team guys. These are the guys you see at the world championships. And the whole premise of, the, of this event is to import the foreigners to the United States of America so that our cadet guys get an opportunity and a feel to wrestle foreigners. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge undertaking for me, huge, logistically and financially. It really is massive. We'll probably spend over $75,000 for a 10-day effort. That's, and for, you know, for us, for me, it's a one-man show. It's, there's, not a, there's not a massive entity that's doing it. It's not a university or uh, you know, a corporation that is, is doing it. So it's just me. And I fundraise. I got a guy named uh, Bob René who is out of Colorado is very supportive guy. He helps us, uh, Mark Ross, uh, from Oak Grove helps us. Uh, we got, we got some guys out there that really believe in what we're doing and, you know, it helps. And and this has been going on for, for years and years. And we've had, we've had really great guys wrestling it, right? The Yannis, the Vitos, Schultz, Kirkflit, um, uh, you can go on and on and on. The guys that really under Brooks, Aaron Brooks, um, they get it, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys understand it uh, and have participated in it. Many of them lost.
2: <laughs> Many of yeah. them lost.
3: I mean, like we've, we bring these guys here and, and they get pushed. You know, they really get pushed. But um, we're in a different era now. Now it's like, uh, I have to convince people that this is a, this is a good thing. So I, it drives me a little bit crazy, you know, that I'm important, the best guys in the world here. And I would hope and pray that the Americans really appreciate it and step up and, and or the, the, the foreigners will stop coming, right? They're coming here to get beat, right? They want to get beat. And I hope we got our guys ready, you know, embracing it. Let's put it that way.
0: So we got how many teams coming over right now?
3: Well, for, first of all, there's a dual component to it, but mostly the, the international guys really appreciate the individual uh, format more than the duels. We mm-hmm. love duels in America, right? But that is, that's something that is not as well-received internationally. Not, not that it's not well-received, but it's just, a well, no pun intended, it's a little bit foreign. Right. It duels are really something that we've, we've kind of made a big deal about over here and it, and it works. And so we do it, we put it together and we have some, you know, that dual competition, but the, the individual part is really what they're all about. And they want to come over here and prove their stuff. Right. We have over 20, I think I got 20 countries coming.
0: Wow. So the individual, so the individual tournament and a dual tournament, and then is there like a training camp going on as well?
3: Yeah, so it, um, the way it's going to work is we start on the sixth. Uh, we the teams come in. the The program officially starts on the seventh, April seventh, and we got a couple days of acclamation, and then the tournament is on the ninth for the boys
1: mm-hmm.
3: and tenth for the girls, and we have we have foreign girls coming in too. I think Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Poland. Um, I have a girl from New Zealand coming in. I mean, we got, we got some hammer Hungarian team there and they're world medalists, They're world medalists, Switzerland's bringing two medalists. Um, so it's, it's a real opportunity. It's not, it's no joke. And I I had one coach kind of give it to me saying that, um, those aren't the real, those aren't the real wrestling countries. And I, I laughed out loud. It's it's a, it's an ignorant statement, right? Because we allow the foreigners to be up to 19 years old. So I can tell you that an Austrian that's 19 years old is going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. He's going to get in there and he doesn't need to be from one of the stands to be competitive, right? These guys are in the, you know, the European continental championships and they're, they're, they're freaking tough. They're really, really tough. Uh, and so it's important. You know, I, 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 I can't stress it enough that, listen, I'm, I've been the team leader, I think, you know, four or five times for the cadets. And I go over there and every year I go over there, somebody gets burned. Somebody gets burned by a guy that's been an international guy that's been at my tournament. And the American, for whatever reason, didn't come to my tournament. Hmm. And that guy knocks them off in the you know in the world championships now granted last year we were smoking on fire right and we kicked everyone's ass but <laughs> um but in the past it's happened it's yeah. happened. And I'm, you know i say damn that we could have had a feel for that guy yeah, why,
0: why wouldn't you go to that i mean that's crazy i, and- I don't know
3: I've, i'm trying to figure it out and and some of the stuff we hear is just what i said yeah, those aren't yeah. the the real countries those those aren't the hard countries uh, some of the times it's uh, you know, hey, we got the world team trials two weeks later. Well, that's a great warm up, you know. The the guys like Vito and Yanni back in the day, that's what they would use. And I and look, I know this. I know Lawrence from Pinnacle. That's what they're using it for, right? They're they're coming. coming. Yeah. Love those guys. Yep. Izzy, is bringing his group, right? I know that's what they're doing. I know askrin he's bringing his group. I know that's what they're doing. I know Sem they're doing that. I know Blair, they're doing that. Um, you know, so there are, there are pockets that are all in. They're, are the Bishop McCourt squ- hit, hit squad coming up there? I have, I haven't heard yet. You know, I, I, I would hope, I would hope people really, really see the value. Cause I've, I've been working on it for 15 years. Yeah. Right. And it really is the only, it's the only international, like a true international tournament for this age group, domestically, uh, unless somebody can show me otherwise. I know it's happened in the past, but not in recent times.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: This, is, this is it. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of reasons why. You know, you need a license. You need a UWW license when you have more than three teams, right? Wow. And we were able to get a waiver on that, thanks to the work of Rich Bender. You know, a lot of years of dialogue and negotiations on that. So that getting wiped out is, a uh, is a huge feather in our cap. And so an athlete gets to experience this without having to, you know, pay an arm and a leg.
0: Dude, this is incredible. I had no idea the links that this, that you were going to for this tournament and just the mountains you've had to move. Um, man, yeah. I, just, I think it's, a, I think it's awesome. You're always out there on the grind like this. So. Where are you at now with the planning stages? Is everything coming together or is there a few things left? Uh, you
3: got, it's you know, right now. This is the tough part. I don't know if I got a hundred people or 154 people coming or anybody in between. Mm-hmm. So you got to remember every day you're moving a 100 and 154 people via bus. You got, you have to plan, you have to feed people. You have to move people. You have to insure people. You have to, you have to do, you have to accommodate them, you know, hotels and rooming and the, and coupling them together without putting a single person in a room, and you got you got different countries, and you can't just jam people together, and you got to mesh all those things. So, from a logistic standpoint in a and an organizational standpoint, it's really difficult. And then you're battling on the other side with the visas. So right now we got Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Tajikistan in the midst of working through and navigating. The, the visa process. Kazakhstan seems to be moving very smoothly. Uh, the Kyrgyz are going to be at the end of the month. So it's literally, I'm going to find out on April 1st, if Kyrgyzstan got 15, 18 visas, and they'll be here in eight days later, or six days later. So and is they, this they the US? Show up like that.
0: Is this the U.S. saying no to the visas or Kyrgyzstan saying no to the visas?
3: No, it's going it's the to... United States of America. Got it. Got it. And, it. and and the, the deal is this. They assume you're coming to immigrate. That's mm-hmm. what the assumption is. And you have to, you have to prove otherwise. That's a, it's an openly known mentality. And you have to prove it. Whether you, know, you have money in a bank account, you have a job over there. And the problem is you're sending young people over so they don't have a job.
0: Yeah, these they are the prime defector age. But to your point, the fact that they're like national treasures is a, is a different story.
3: Yeah, and they have country pride. They want. They don't. They want to compete for Kyrgyzstan. They want to bring home the medal, and and they are these guys are hammers. They're really they're really really good. Man. So I think we've done a good job right now politically. We've we've gotten you know our political communication channels going so that they know. That these are indeed national team representatives. It's not just, you know, guys that wrestle and they're they're playing a game to come over here.
0: Yeah, just out of total curiosity, I'm sure you've looked at all angles. Have you ever looked at Cuba? Are they able to fund something to come up here? Are they just too? I know for
3: a while it was a thing to be able to do it, and then I've kind of backed off just because of the amount of energy. Uh, you know, I only have so, mon- so much time yeah. and so many hours to be able to, to work on it. And I can't burn time. And like right now, we've been, we've been working really heavily with Russia. <laughs> well that, That's done. you know, that disintegrated. So you got yeah. all this energy leading up to it. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, I, I have no idea if sometimes countries just show up they literally they don't communicate they just show up <laughs> they literally just show up
0: man and,
3: you know you're you're on the fly having to deal with it and i don't think that will happen with with the russians but we have a long tenure with this specific group national guys that have been coming over i feel you know i feel bad of of the circumstances right. it's uh overall it just sucks
0: yeah really definitely
3: sucks.
0: and uh man so that's all yeah this this war climate's going into all of this. So man, what a crazy thing to be working through and and like you said, we're early March now. So it's it's coming down to the wire. Coming down to um, the wire.
3: We're here. And and you got the war, you got COVID. You right. got you got both of them and and then we have shortages of at the embassy where they've been impacted by COVID and then people they lost staff and they haven't been able to replace them. So getting an appointment for your visa Interview is almost impossible, and that's you know that the Uzbekis are trying to trying to get their appointment. They're telling them the earliest they can get them in is July. You know, so you're (laughs) you're fighting that fight. Oh my! We've been working on it six months. Yeah, that's crazy. the 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 sports minister is involved. The foreign, you know, we have. It's a. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's it's not easy. Where are you housing all these guys at hotels? I, we have an entire hotel we're taking up here in Clifton Park, New York. It's called the it's, it's like the La Quinta, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a smaller hotel, but it's brand new. Right. So it, it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. They got a pool. They got, they got activity. We're bringing gaming trucks in, um, you know, and then one day we go. We bring them to New York City. They want to go see the city. So for a full day. They get they get to go there and then they come back and
0: so you bus them from New York upstate all the way down. Yeah, are you are you guys Central State or upstate? Where you're We're at? We're in upstate.
3: upstate. It's so a three sorry. and a half hour. It's three and a half hours from New York City, um, and then we have a three day camp, and we got Kevin Jackson, who was obviously the developmental coach, so he he knows these guys, uh, and we got Migueli Liuzzi from Italy. He's the head women's coach. Um, so we got a real good I mean, yeah. these guys are top, top level.
0: I mean, KJ, who's better than KJ? I love that guy. And like you said, oh. before this job at Michigan, running the show for the cadet and juniors like if you're like a, an elite cadet and junior in the US, why would you not want to be around this guy for a couple of days when normally you would have had to go to Colorado Springs via invitation only to get around him?
3: You know? Yeah, I would I was um for me, you know, I would I would do the um obviously be the team leader for the for the cadets and I, every single trip that i would go on he was you know he was the guy i, I come back so fired up I was, I was, <laughs> seriously 50 years old you know ready to ready to roll you know he he really he did a really good job with those guys um at that age group in particular um yeah he was the man
0: he's a guy who you know you hear him all weekend watching the big tents so you can hear him coaching like that's one of those guys kind of reminds me of like an Izzy where you get him in your corner. You're just going to, it's just another notch. If he starts yelling or starts barking kind of like a John reader, you know, like they're just, they'll get you going.
3: Yeah. Well, those, all those guys are world-class. Um, and that's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm having them here. Yeah. You know, there's a reason I, I, I look, honestly, and I know it sounds like a commercial and that's not the, that's not the point. This whole thing is to benefit Americans. Yeah. You know, it's a, It's a vision. It really is a vision. It's a vision that started with Coach Jackson. You know, I've been I've been on him, you know, for years and years. We'd go to the worlds, and guy would get on the podium wearing one of the tournament shirts, you know, from the World Classic, and I'd be like, "Look, you know, that's what I'm talking about." And yeah, and it's um, he finally was like, "Yo, we're gonna do this." And ultimately, he left the position, but uh, I'm staying the course. He's my guy.
0: So anyone can anyone attend?
3: To the tournament, yes. The camp is is pretty tight. Um yep. but it, obviously we want the US cadet team to be there. Uh and so we're actively trying our hardest to get those guys to be there and, or you know guys that are in the hunt for it.
0: Yep, absolutely. What well, Man, I love it and uh you know just from what we can do will spread the word and people listening you know are you able to watch this on Rockfin when when the show goes this one's down on
3: Flow we're going to this is live gotcha. on Flow uh and it's look i i don't know how else to put it all of the great guys they've been they've been they've done this right There are our past guys our past champs our past um you know success stories have all done it so i'm i'm pounding on people right now um i just I think they should be pounding on me to get. And I I know that sounds a little arrogant, but I I can't be more uh, excited about it. And and I really believe in it. I'm like over either this. Here's the deal. Either I've never been more wrong about something or I'm ahead of my time. It's one or the other. Either I'm just I'm so wrong. It's 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 a catastrophe. (laughs) I mean it or or I'm just ahead of the time on it. And people don't understand it, you know, because right now I, I feel like I'm convincing. I have to, I'm convincing. that like I just listed some yeah. of the best clubs in the in the country. So they get it. I know they get it. And I just I want everybody to get it, though. I Seabolt
0: Academy, where are you at? Where are you at, TJ Seabolt? Let's go. Where's my label?
3: I was in I was I was in Budapest with Seabolt. He's a great guy.
0: Great guy. Yeah. Love having him there. on.
3: I'm on him. I'm, I'm all over him, smothering him.
0: Jason Roga, where are you at? Man, where's the Bo Bassett's of the world at? Machine gun mindset. No, it's a, uh, those guys are all just so fun to watch. And like, it's crazy how good the cadet and juniors are now. You can watch them with like the same level of enjoyment as a senior level match a lot of times. So if they're just so, so high level. So the fact that you're bringing guys in, it only makes sense. I mean, how often is the U.S. going to like, the Yasser Dogu, like we're always going to these tournaments and we don't really have a high level international tournament here. We've had the Schultz at times and, you know, that's gone up and down in popularity, but at the cadet and junior level, why not like create a niche and just hold one of the most premier cadet world tournaments in the world? I
3: I love it. It is, it is. I'm, and I know this may sound like I'm off my rocker, but internationally (laughs) at the cadet level, it's, it's understood. It's a, it's because we do it as one, one category. Right. It's a we do it as one category. It's it's basically 15 to 19 years old. So it's not a cadet. And then there's a junior. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's one group like a high school age division. So these guys are coming in. You know, they're hammers that are all in. We we do it like we do the classic. It's a round robin, an elaborate round robin. So everybody's together. It's all the hammers. There's nowhere to hide. It's all meat and potatoes.
0: You got some Kazakhstan beards and mushrooms or mustaches oh, coming yeah. in, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. Those guys we, are, they've been chopping wood. They might be 25. You never know.
3: So you've we've,
0: part of me, sorry, this is your first time doing it or have you done it on a smaller scale before with some of the other no, guys? We've been
3: doing it. I've been over a dozen years. Got it. That's okay. the problem. People just don't really know about it. You know, and we're trying to get the word out that this thing is the real deal. Yeah. The world knows But America, you know, it's not on the it's technically not on the USA wrestling schedule. So Hmm. because they don't it's it's our event. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's not on there. But we are partnered with them and we've gotten their blessing, obviously.
0: Well, you're out there doing the Lord's work, Frank Papalizio. I love it. And, you know, whatever we can do to help, we will do Um, before we before we sign off. here, I wanted to get your thoughts on just a couple of hot topics from this weekend, if you don't mind going in there.
3: If if I know it, I'm, again, I've been I was consumed with some obviously behind the scenes stuff
0: behind the scenes. I'm just going to say three words, medical Well, one word, two words, medical forfeit. We saw some crazy stuff happening to me. If a guy's hurt, you would see them typically default in the semis and take the sixth, which is what we saw in the past. This year, we saw it go forward an extra round in the finals in Big Ten, which is supposed to be one of the premier events. Awesome, awesome. And I don't want it to overshadow the wrestling, but it just left a little sour taste in some people's mouth. And I can't blame the coaches or the wrestlers. You know, if it was my kid, I'd probably do the same. But what are your thoughts as a coach for, for 20, 30 years?
3: Yeah, well, I'm, there's a system in place. And anytime there's a system, people will figure it out, right? You're going to figure out what is best for you and your athlete in order to maximize whatever they're trying to get to. And Mm -hmm. I think we all agree that the end of March is the end goal, the NCAA tournament. So they're looking at it like, you know, it's just a a piece of the formula to get to where they need to be and ultimately perform on that third week in March. So I, I'm not going to judge a guy like, brands or whoever you know guys they're giving them heat I, they know what they're doing right they they know what they're doing and ultimately they're going to perform when it when it matters so I've uh I've learned my lesson in over the years that you know you let you let professionals do what they do and they they ha- they figured out the system that is best for their athlete and their their situation so I'm my days of I don't judge. I don't judge.
0: That's a smart move. And like you said, these guys are the best for a reason. I mean, look at the the track records of these coaches in the Big Ten. They're like could be Olympic level coaches, most of them. Uh, so, you know, it's look, uh, it's, a,
3: it's a real grind, right? I mean, these guys are banged up. Some of them are legitimately banged up, and they have to be able to perform the following, you know, couple weeks uh, and you know, they're just trying to get through to a certain point. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then you look at other people and they go, it doesn't matter how banged up they are. Right. And they, they run it right through. I think, I think Oklahoma state had some guys that were really, really banged up Mm -hmm. and they were kind of limped across the finish line there, but they, they did it, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, mentally, what does that say? And what does that do? And, You know, you could, you can look at it both ways, but.
0: Yeah. No, it's just, uh, it's happened in the past and it's, you know, it's a little bit trending upward now, which I think makes some people a little nervous, but I think it was, it was most pronounced this year, but like you said, man.
3: But look, it's been around, right? I mean, we watch it, I, we watch it at the senior level all the time, but maybe it doesn't matter as much because there's not a team race implication, right? There's not, um. Maybe college wrestling is more popular, you know, than I hate to say that, you know, that, you know, from a fan standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that maybe it's just not as we're not as critical. Right. In in those situations, but it's been there. Yeah. You know, guys True. forfeit out, you know, uh, when they get in for fifth and fourth or, you know, that down, down a little bit.
0: I mean, even but. the even the great Frank Chimizo, you know, he's done it many times, you know, so I I, I kind of forgot about that. You get so caught up in the uh, the folk style, uh, you know, rumor mill that you can forget about that. Yeah.
3: The but last the other thing is it's on TV, right? True. So that makes it we feel like it's it's more important.
0: True. Yeah. Well, especially when you have so many great moments like we had throughout the year, you know, in terms of Penn State, Iowa breaking records in a number of dual meets that were just awesome to watch. Um, one of the things I was dying to ask you about though, and this is the last thing, New York state championships, I, I got to assume it was the first one this year that you guys have had since COVID. Yeah. And I mean, you know, everyone just feels so sentimental about the state tournament in their state. I'm guessing like you, it's, it's a very special time. How did it go for, for your guys? And what was it like being back there?
3: It, it was, it was, you know, it's funny. That's a good question because initially I was, I was bitter. I felt an element of bitterness because we still had to wrestle with masks on, and there was a um, a real push that some guys, if they weren't vaccinated, they couldn't wrestle, and and what? I'm not arguing one way or the other, but it wasn't uniformed, right? So there were people that were getting squeezed out while others were in, it, you know. So it started off rough. I, I felt like it was rough, and then it and then it, you know, by the end it, it was smooth and it was a well-oiled machine and it was, it felt like a real state championship. It did. And mm-hmm. and I got to tip my hat to NISFA. They did a great job making it feel that way. Now I think back for two years, you know, it was ugly. It was real ugly. And people were depressed and guys were suffering, you know, and, we didn't have a lot of opportunity, especially in the state of New York, you could do any sport you wanted. You just couldn't wrestle. It was looked at as a, a, a sub Uh, and seriously, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And it, it depended on the, the area of the state that you're in. Luckily our area and our leadership and our schools, uh, looked kindly upon us. And we did wrestle, I guess, if you want to call it last year was, a uh, um, you know, it, there was no scoring. There was no dual meets. We had <laughs> matches, uh, you know, and, but, but we could at least go through the act of wrestling. And there were other people, even within our area, it was illegal. You just couldn't do it. They wow. would not approve it, but they would approve basketball. They looked at <laughs> wrestling as if it were more dangerous. So when you look at that, and then you look at how far we we were able to come and we did really good at, as a as a club. Our club did really well. We had, you know, we had three state champions, we had two other runner-ups. At one point, the entire semifinals at 172 pounds were out of our, it was they trained in my tent on my farm. You know, <laughs> it, it was incredible. I forgot you had the tent. The tent is legendary. Jeez. It was once illegal. Now it's revered. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> it was. Listen, we were just hustling, right? We were hustling. The sheriff at one point came over and said, "We got to wrap it up. Couldn't have a tent."
0: What and, you know, on your private property?
3: Yeah, on a farm. Whoa! So oh we, my lord! We buckled down with it, though. We stood. We stood the course. You know. And recently, I was asked about that, and my answer. Was uh, And not to be overly dramatic about it, but I feel like it. I said, you know, here's the quote. You know, goodness without courage is worthless. And people needed to step up during that time. Mm-hmm. And the, the kids had no opportunity. They were, they were, they were struggling. So I, I felt like it was the one thing I could do. And that was the one battle that I could control. And I fought. We fought for that. And it. who would have thought, you know, so many, you know, basically a year later, it paid heavy dividends for them.
0: Man, dude, you're just every day in the trenches going blows with the embassy, with the politicians. Like, you're, you're <laughs> hey, out if there.
3: it f- was easy, everybody would do it. It's Seriously. not easy. And not everybody does it. So that's the only way I can make my way. You know I mean? Like, that's otherwise everyone's people have got their, their footing, right. And they have things established. How are yeah. you going to, you know, yeah. how are you going to squeeze in? You got to do something that's going to be hard. Right. I love what it. We're doing.
0: So is the, is the New York state tournament one division or multiple divisions? Two. two. Gotcha. Pretty even throughout, or is there a big discrepancy in one versus the other?
3: Sometimes, you know, certain weights, it's like, wow, well, small school is hammered. Then you go to, you go to other weights and, large schools better. Um, but look, last year I held, I held the New York state championships when, when, <laughs> when the state organization, uh, you know, NISPA what didn't, didn't hold it because the governor wouldn't allow it. Right. So they took heat, but it wasn't, it wasn't from them. Mm-hmm. Um, we held it, we held it in Pennsylvania and <laughs> it was an unbelievable success. Wow. It was the best thing i've ever done in wrestling ever it was an inno- and we did one class the first time in 18 years the people loved it it was wow. it honestly was fantastic
0: so new york was one class up until 18 years ago
3: yep whoa. 19 no whoa that's insane tough, really tough
0: so like the jesse jansen's one class or was that after that
3: yeah, I think Jesse may have been. I, I can't even know. He would have been probably 90s. So, would like, have been... guys like Troy Bazakis. That's a name. A, he was a stud, yeah. you know, real wow. stud.
0: And like he Yanni and Vito, post, big his school his or small school? Timer.
3: Really? Yeah. When was that? Jesus. 89. Like, way back in the day.
0: How many four timers in the one class? Uh, I don't know. I'm a I, lot. No. no that's that's pretty crazy no. yeah because yeah, yeah El, El, right? no, i used to go ahead
3: no troy was a you know you could see how his kids wrestle now bazakis right they're mm-hmm. they're animals well look at daddy he would, <laughs> <they're, well.
0: laughs> man i appreciate the uh the new york history lesson and that's that's uh, not surprising you guys held your own tournament amidst all the craziness last year and and now, uh, you know, on to the next one. You're, uh, you're just always planning something. And World Classic coming up in April. Frank Papalizio, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was presented by Spartan Combat. They've been a longtime partner of the show. Spartan Combat is hosting the Spartan Nationals in Jacksonville, Florida, this April 8th through the 10th. Wrestle Beach, Greco, Freestyle, and Folk at the Spartan Combat Nationals. Register now at SpartanCombat.com. To catch past episodes, go to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. You can also follow us on social media at WrestlingChangeMyLife on Instagram and at WCMLPodcast on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Wrestling Change My Life.